What up, what up, what up? This is your man Dre Day from Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. And I have a public service announcement for all you listeners out there. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground in 2018, I had so many questions. How do I record an episode? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the other places people like to listen? Also, where do I find advertisers? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and 100% easy to use. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. Again, that's anchor.fm slash start to join. Oh, one thing, you can record your episode from your phone or computer. So again, go to anchor.fm slash start to join. And I can't wait to hear your podcast. Gents, boys and girls, you are now tuned in to a brand new episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I am your host with the most, the Hoods ESPN, Crystal Street's Golden Boy, Dre Day. What's up? What's up? What's up? This is episode 275 of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I want to thank everybody for their support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Uh... This episode here, week four recap, but before I get into the particulars, obviously last week I didn't do an episode, so with this episode, I'm going to give my week three offensive and defensive player of the, of the week awards, and also week four. So being that I didn't do an episode last week, I didn't, I didn't recap week three, so we're going to recap week four, but I'm not going to do all the games. I'm going to do, you know, the games that were the important ones. You know, I'm not going to recap all the games like I've done the previous weeks, just the main ones, the ones that I felt that should be worth talking about. But uh, first, last week, it was the Dolphins and the Bengals. The Bengals won that 27 to 15. But listen. It's nothing really much to talk about this game except for the main thing that happened, and that was Tua getting hurt. Now, 
for anybody that remembers week three, we remember how Tua got hurt against the Buffalo Bills. And they tried to make it seem like it was a back injury when all of us with common sense would know that that was a concussion that he sustained. He got up, wobbled, right then and there, that tells you that's a concussion. That's not a damn back injury. But the fact that the Miami Dolphins allowed him to go back out there and continue to play. Now, granted, they won the game, but he shouldn't have been out there. We then fast forward to this game against the Cincinnati Bengals. He winds up getting sacked. His head clearly hits the floor. Well, his helmet clearly hits the grass real hard. And just the the the, the graphic picture that everybody sees is two on the floor and his fingers just cramping. And like I I hate looking at that image. I hate looking at it because he shouldn't have been out there in the first place, in my honest opinion. And obviously, you know, we're in a new week now, and it's reported that uh, whoever it was that was in charge of, you know, handling the situation lost their job, rightfully so. But uh, more people should lose their job as well because they really didn't give two shits about Tua in this situation because he shouldn't have never been in this game to begin with. He should have never played. And now the crazy thing is with this injury, the question is, does he even come back this season? Me personally, after this injury, listen, Tua shouldn't be back on that football field for the rest of the season, in my opinion. That's how gruesome that injury was. That's how gruesome that that, that image was of watching him on that grass and his fingers just cramping up the way they was and you can tell that something was wrong with him mentally from that injury so me personally I don't want to see him for the rest of the season now I'm quite sure if the Dolphins are in contention they will try to force him to play Tua don't do it to yourself you got a you got a, a wonderful future ahead of you do not play for the rest of this season they already announced that he's out for week five that's not good enough. He should be out for the rest of the season or at least towards the end of the season. That's just my honest opinion. So, Tatua, get well soon. Have a speedy recovery. Take your sweet ass time returning. I know that he was supposed to, I know he had interviewed with the NFL this week about, you know, what happened in, uh, with the game with Buffalo. But again, just take it easy. Get well soon. Take your time. Take your time. Listen, the Dallas Cowboys. Three and one with their quarterback, Cooper Rush. Now, I'm not going to sit here and be on some, oh, he should be the quarterback of the future. I'm not going to go that far. But there was a lot of people saying when Dak got hurt week one against Tampa that the Cowboys was going to be done. Their season was over. Me, personally, I wasn't one of them people because, again, it's football. Anything can happen. You know, next man up. And I will give Cooper Rush this much. I'm going to give him this benefit of the doubt. He's not turning the ball over. He's not making any mistakes. Dating back to that Halloween game last year against uh, the Minnesota Vikings, he's not turning the ball over. He's not making mistakes. He's taking care of the football. And not for nothing, to me, it seems like Cooper Rush 
has more of a rapport with C.D. Lamb than Dak Prescott has ever had. And that's crazy when Dak is supposed to be the primary quarterback and C.D. Lamb is supposed to be the number one receiver. But, hey, listen, the Cowboys are 3-1. and one. The Washington Commanders are 3-1. and one. I mean, 1-3. and three. Not surprised by that. Uh, this Cowboys running game has been non-existent this season to a degree. Very inconsistent. That defense of theirs, which is stellar, gave up 142 yards rushing in this game. They are definitely going to have to get it together going into the next game against the Rams. But, again, the Dallas Cowboys prevailed 25-10. They are now 2-0 and in their division. So, it's looking good right now. You know, they're 2-0 in their division. They've beat the Giants. They beat the Washington Commanders. So the only team that's left for them to play in that division is the Eagles, and that comes, you know, within a few weeks. The Seahawks and the Lions, slugfest. Slugfest. 48-45. to Geno Smith, listen. When the season first started, I think we all can admit that we didn't really have any type of expectations for the Seattle Seahawks. I'm quite sure we all felt they will be in last place in that division because I know for a fact I did. And right now, the Seattle Seahawks are 2-2. Two and two. In fact, I think every team in that division is 2-2, two and two, but we're going to get into that later. Geno Smith had 320 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and more importantly than that, he didn't even get sacked. I mean, their running game was amazing as well. Penny had 151 yards, uh, two touchdowns. I mean, for me, he clinched the game at the end when uh, he had uh, took it to the house for that 41-yard touchdown. That kind of pretty much, I mean, he, he kind of sealed the game for me. But, you know, the Lions did come down. You know, the Lions did come down get down the field real quick, and Jared Goff was able to throw a two-yard pass to uh, to Jackson. But, again, salute to the Seattle Seahawks for being 2-2. Two and two. I tell you what, if it was any talk on who's having a better season between Geno Smith and Russell Wilson, right now, Pete Carroll is looking like a prophet because him and Russell Wilson was bound to part ways, even though Russell Wilson wanted to be traded. But, listen... Geno Smith is doing his thing right now, and we got to give him props. We got to give credit where it's due. Uh, next, we got the Eagles and the Jaguars. Again, I'm not recapping all the games, just some games. Eagles and Jaguars. Listen, this was an upset alert in the beginning. It definitely was an upset alert in the beginning. The Jaguars had a 14-to-zip lead, but again, that's only in the first quarter. A whole lot can change. A whole lot can change. Trevor Lawrence didn't pretty much didn't really do much. I mean, you could probably blame the inclement weather for that. Uh, Jalen Hurts didn't really do much neither. No touchdown passes. He did throw an interception, but the running game was the key. And usually in inclement weather, that's what you're gonna have to rely on is the running game. And the Eagles might have the best running game in football when you think of. Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, and everything, and everybody else that runs the ball for the Philadelphia Eagles, they might have the best running game 
in the National Football League. They had 210 yards on the ground. So that pretty much propelled them in this game. So salute to the Philadelphia Eagles. They are the only undefeated team left um, so far this season. The Eagles are looking real good. I'm not even going to hold you. The Eagles are looking real, real good. The Jaguars are 2-2. Two and two. Uh, What was it? Doug Peterson, who coaches the Jaguars, made his return to Philly and, you know, wind up playing his former team. So salute to the Philadelphia Eagles. Speaking of Pennsylvania, why not speak about the other Pennsylvania team, which would be the Pittsburgh Steelers? A new era has begun in Pittsburgh. Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger is no longer with the Steelers. Retired, thank the good Lord. They put Mitchell Trubisky in there. Obviously, I didn't think that would work. I damn sure was hoping they wouldn't go with Mason Rudolph. Me, personally, I was really hoping that Kenny Pickett would start the season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Mike Tomlin, being the head coach that he is, I respect his judgment. He felt the need to start the season with Mitchell Trubisky. And with three and a half games, I ain't three and a half games, you might as well say four games, he felt that Mitchell Trubisky wasn't getting it done and he pulled the trigger on it. And I believe it was the second half Kenny Pickett came out there and played. And I'm not going to lie, I was impressed with what I saw from him. Now, I get it. He threw three interceptions. I get it. He threw three interceptions. But for me, the body language of the Steelers, I'm just talking about the body language. When it comes to Najee Harris and the receivers on that team, for me, the body language let me know that they had rather Pickens be out there than Mitchell Trubisky. That's just me. That's just my honest opinion. But we got to give the Jets their credit because this is another team that I expected would be last place in their division. And in four games, they're two and two. Now I remember they coach a few weeks ago said that he's gonna keep he's keeping receipts for all the people that said negative things about the Jets. Well, so far they're two and two. And not for nothing, they've beaten two teams in that division. They beat the Cleveland Browns with that comeback win a few weeks ago. And now they've beaten the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Jets are two and two. Uh, Pittsburgh is one and three. Listen, I love me some Mike Tomlin, but he's in danger of possibly having his first losing season in, well, within coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers. Next game, we had the Packers and the Ravens. I mean, Packers and part itself, the Bills and the Ravens. Potential playoff matchup. This looked like a cakewalk for Baltimore before halftime. They had a 20-3 lead, then it wound up being 20-10. And then after that, Buffalo just took over. This is the second straight home game that the Baltimore Ravens have had a big lead, and they blew it. And of course, you know, the call that everybody is going to talk about is the fourth and goal at the end of the game. Should the Ravens have gone for it or should they have kicked the field goal? Me, personally, I'm kicking the field goal. I'm taking the three points. Because a lot can happen in that, you know, in that fourth and goal. 
A bad snap can happen. What Lamar Jackson did through an interception. A turnover can happen. Now, this Ravens team has been famous for years for their defense. When you think of the old Ravens, the 2000 Ravens when they won their Super Bowl, when you think of all the Ravens teams with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and uh, McAllister and T. Suggs, you thought of their defense. The late, great Tony Saragusa, you thought of the Ravens' defense. This team has no defense. They have no backbone on defense. Whether it's the front four, they damn sure don't have it in the linebackers, and it's crystal clear that they don't have it in the secondary. To the point where I believe John Harbaugh and, what was it, Marcus Peters got into a little exchange towards the end of the game because I guess Peters felt the way that John Harbaugh didn't have his defense go out there towards the end of the game. Instead of saying, I mean, listen, man, I love John Harbaugh. I love him a lot more than Jim Harbaugh, but, I mean, let's keep it tall. We're in the what have you done for me lately business. And he only has one Super Bowl, and that was, I believe, in 2013 with Ray Lewis, his last game. That was against Kaepernick and the Niners. He hasn't really done much ever since then. So... And listen, my, my young boy Javon from Everybody Loves Sports, I don't think he's that much of a fan of Harbaugh no more. I think he wants him gone. I honestly think this season, if the Ravens do not make the playoffs, I think we might see the end of John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh in Baltimore. That's just my opinion. But with that being said, there's still two and two. There's always room for improvement. Uh... Buffalo is 3-1, tied for the division in the AFC East. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Buffalo Bills. Because not for nothing, even though they won this game, when they was getting blowed out, I saw a lot of people on social media talking about Buffalo was overrated. So... They could right the wrong to that and start going on a going on a killing spree with some of these teams that they wind up that they wind up facing. Next we got the Patriots and the Packers. Why not speak on that game? Listen, not for nothing, New England was looking good. They was looking real good. Real good. They even had a lead in the fourth quarter. Then Aaron Rodgers went down the field and did what he does. Got the game tied to 24. Game went into overtime. Once it went into overtime, I knew Green Bay was going to win. I just knew they was going to win. I will say this. Coach Belichick. In order for you to succeed with this team, you're going to have to rely on your running game because it ain't your quarterbacks. I mean, Mac Jones, he's going to be out for some weeks because of that high sprain ankle. I think Hoyer left the game because of a concussion, I think. 
Zappy. Hopefully I'm saying his last name right. Do you really trust him? I don't think so. Like, Belichick's defense is going to be what it be. Like, we know what Belichick represents when it comes to the defense. But, listen, right now they're one and three. They're not looking too good right now. And, listen, man. I, I listen, listen. I mean, listen, not for nothing. It kind of makes me, not for nothing, it kind of puts a smile on my face to see New England struggling a little bit because it just proves my point that I've been saying since Brady left. And hell, I, actually, I've been saying it before he left. Brady was the reason for the Patriots' success. He was. And it's crystal clear as you can see it right now because Belichick is struggling without old Thomas Edward Patrick Brady being there. Now, he's still the GOAT of coaches. Don't get me wrong. But your team is struggling because, you know, the GOAT's not there. But Green Bay's 3-1. I think they're in first place in the NFC North, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if they're tied with the Vikings or, you know, they have, they have a, you know, lead. But... They're three and one. New England is one and three. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Last game I want to speak on is, well, not even the last game. The Chiefs and the Buccaneers. Sunday Night Football. Brady Mahomes, part six. Part six. I believe it's 3-3, if I'm not mistaken. If this was a basketball series, obviously, this is the best of seven. Brady has beaten Mahomes three times, two times in the postseason, one time in the regular season. Mahomes has beaten Brady three times in the regular season, two times since he's been with the Chiefs. In fact, he's beaten Brady the last two times they've played, oh no, not even because the Super Bowl was in Tampa. Okay, the last two, two, the last two out of three meetings were in Tampa, and Mahomes has won both of them. And both games, the regular season games, I'm not talking about the Super Bowl game, the regular season game, it looked like he was toying with that Bucks defense, and this game was no different. Like watching this game, cause listen, this game got dark very quick. Second quarter, it was already 21 to 3. Went as far as to being 28 to 10. When you count the third down conversions, because Mahomes and Kelsey was just putting on a clinic. Okay? Then you have <clears throat> pardon self. Clyde Edwards, the running back from the Chiefs. You count him putting in work. 92 yards on the ground. Kelsey, 92 yards receiving and a touchdown. They put on an absolute clinic this game, especially when you think of third down conversions. They were 12 for 17. So what do you do? You keep the chains moving, and most importantly, you keep old Goatman's ash on that sideline getting agitated. And that's exactly what the Chiefs did. Now, Brady had good numbers. Three turnovers, no interceptions, almost 400 yards. But most of those yards, in the words of Uncle Shea, empty calories because the game was a blowout. So now Kansas City is not as aggressive as they are, as they were 
early in the game. You know, maybe they playing some zone. Maybe they being conservative. So it's easy for Brady to go out there and just throw shit. Mike Evans, like, it was clear that they missed him in that Green Bay game. Ten targets, 103 yards, two touchdowns. It was happy. I was glad to see him back out there. Chris Godwin got hurt again. Listen, I think I only seen Julio out there for two plays. I don't know what's going on with him. Colt Beasley had one catch, and then earlier this week he announced his retirement. I like what he said as it, I like what he said in his retirement, though. He said it's time for me to go home to be a full-time husband and father. Now, I don't know. I don't know if he was taking a stab at Brady because that's what Brady should be doing right now. I don't know. But well wishes to him. But listen, the Buccaneers is exactly where I said they would be. When the season, before the season even started, when I looked at the schedule, especially the first four games, I said they will start the season two and two. And I was right. Two and two. They lost to Green Bay, they lost to the Chiefs, and they beat the Cowboys and they beat the Saints. Now, the only thing I said was they would lose to, they would lose to the Saints and then they would lose to either Green Bay or Kansas City. I didn't know which team they would lose to. I didn't think they would lose both of them. I thought they would lose one of them. But again, fact is fact. I said that after four games, they will be two and two going into week five. And bam, I was right. But yeah, this was a cakewalk. Mahomes looked like he was out there playing with his kids in the backyard. That's how much toying he was doing around with that Buccaneers defense, which for all alternate purposes, people thought was the number one defense in the NFL. I don't know if people think that now. I don't know if people think that now. But Kansas City is 3-1. Tampa is 2-2. Two two. A lot more football to go, but let's see what happens. Last, we got Monday Night Football, the 49ers and the Rams. Listen, when it comes to the regular season, as of late, the San Francisco 49ers have owned the Los Angeles Rams. I believe it's either a five or a seven game winning streak between these two teams. Now, obviously, they met in the championship game last year in the playoffs and the Rams won, so you can't count that. But as far as regular season, the Niners have owned the Rams these past few years. And it continued, yes, and it continued on Monday night with them beating the Niners 20 beating the Rams 24 to 9. I don't know, man. Like, maybe listen, I, I listen, I said it in week one when I did my week one recap. I truly believe that this Rams team is still hungover from the Super Bowl. Now I get it, they lost some key pieces. Von Miller's in Buffalo. Allen Robinson ain't doing jack shit. Odell is hurt. Matthew Stafford, not for nothing. I hate to say it, but he's looking like Detroit Matthew Stafford. The only person that's playing consistent this season is Cooper Cup. My man had 122 yards. 19 targets. 19 targets. Him and Higby are the only consistent players on this team. Because honestly, those are the only two people that Matthew Stafford even looked to throw the ball to. 
The running game is non-existent. The defense is not the way it used to be or should be. So this Rams team is not looking too good right now, but they better get it together because the team that because the team that's coming to town next week, we're going to get into that real soon, has a real good shot of pulling the upset and so far, but we're going to get to that in a few. But all three teams in the NFC West is 2-2. Two and two. Now, everybody talked about the AFC West being the best division, but the NFC West, all four teams, 2-2. Two and two. Now, obviously, all four of them can't make the playoffs, but it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of this season pans out with all the rest of those teams in that division. But uh, that's pretty much it for my recap. That's pretty much it for my recap. I'm going to take a quick little break. And when I get back, we are going to give my offensive and defensive player of the week awards for week three and four. And then we're going to do my game picks for week five. So this is your man, Dre Day, Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. Do not go anywhere. Your boy will be right back. Holla. It's time for Dre Day's Offensive and Defensive Players of the Week. Lovely. What time it is, it's time for Dre Day Weekly's Picks. What up, what up, what up? Your boy is back. Episode 275 of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. Now, like I said earlier, I didn't do an episode last week. So I couldn't give you my offensive and defensive player of the week, but I'm definitely going to do it this episode. So I'm going to do week three and week four. Okay? So let's get to it. Week three, Dre Day's offensive player of the week goes to That boy out of Philly. Well, he ain't from Philly, but he's playing for Philly. And that would be the quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Now, listen, it could have easily went to Devontae Smith. It could have easily went to him. But I felt the need to give it to Jalen Hurts for this reason. When the season first started, it was a lot of questions about him. A lot of questions. And I felt with what he's doing so far this season, because let's be real, the MVP conversation, he's in it. Right now, at this at this present moment, he is in the MVP conversation. Now, where is he ranked? I don't know. But he's in the conversation for sure, okay? So let's just get that out the way. Defensive player of the week for week three. Goes to Trey Hendrickson. There you go. Now let's go to week number four, which was the previous week. Dre Day's Offensive Player of the Week for week four goes to
that boy Geno Smith. That's right, Geno Smith of the Seattle Seahawks was my offensive player of the week for week number four. Listen, there could have been hella candidates. Hella candidates. But y'all know how I do this when it comes to player of the week. If the quarterback turned the ball over, I don't care what his numbers was. Hell, Tua had some crazy numbers a few weeks ago. But he turned the ball over. So for that, I got to penalize you. You basically got to have a perfect game and have stellar numbers to win, you know, player of the week for a Sportswear with Dre Day podcast. This is not the NFL Network. This is not the NFL.com. Nah, this is Sportswear with Dre Day podcast. For the quarterback, you basically got to be perfect. Now, I'm not going to mind a sack here and there, but you can't turn the ball over, okay? So, Geno Smith is my offensive player of the week. Listen, I could have gave it to Jacobs from the Rams because I was eyeing him, but I said, you know what? Geno has been getting a lot of flack for the past few years. So, maybe me giving him this award this week, maybe it'll help him, you know, take off. Because, again, Seattle was 2-2. Two and two. I don't think nobody expected them to be 2-2 two and two their first four games of the season. But, hey, it's there. It's there. Now let's get to the defensive side of the football. Dre Days, defensive player of the week for week four is... I am going with Hassan Reddick. That's who I'm going with. Reason being, boy got busy. He forced two fumbles. Not only did he fumble, not only did he force the fumbles, he also recovered the fumbles on top of the four tackles. Okay, so he got busy with the tackling. You forced two, you forced two fumbles, and then you recovered, the, and then you recovered the fumbles. So I have to give you defensive player of the week. So there you have it. Week three, Jalen Hurts on offense. Trey Hink Hendrickson, defense. That's week three. Week four, Geno Smith, offense. Defense, Hassan Reddick on defense. There you have it. Now let's get to the game picks for this upcoming week. Now listen. I am having a bad season so far when it comes to the picks. Every week, every week, seven losses. Week one, eight, seven, and one. Obviously, there was a tie. Week two, nine and seven. Week three, nine and seven. Week four, nine and seven. Can this week be any different for me? We shall see. 
Week five, here we go. We got the Colts and the Broncos. Thursday night football. Honestly, I am so not looking forward to this game. I'm not even going to lie to you. I probably don't even watch this shit. There's so many shows that I need to catch up on, and I might just do it because this game I really don't care for. But with Jonathan Taylor being out for the Colts, with Shaquille Leonard being out, I think this game is tailor-made for the Denver Broncos to win. It's tailor-made for them to win. So I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos to get the win Thursday night football against the Indianapolis Colts. Sunday, we got the Packers and the Giants. But it's not in Lambeau. They're hopping on their jets and they are going to London. Giants 3 and 1. The Giants are looking very impressive. Especially with their defense and with Saquon Barkley. If Saquon can stay healthy, my lord, this season will be so bright for him. I don't know what to say about their quarterback. Besides, start looking for another one. But as far as their running game with Saquon and Daniel Jones to a degree, because he does more, he's more effective running the ball than he is than he is throwing it. But I got Green Bay winning this game. I got Green Bay going to London to get the win against the Giants. I actually think this is the first time since they've put this going overseas in the play. I think this is the first time that both teams that are playing have winning records. I think this is the first time. So, that's dope. Next, we got the Bills. Bills Mafia against the Steelers. Now, listen, as much as I'm glad, as much as I'm glad that Kenny Pickett is playing, I'm not going to question Mike Tomlin and say, should he have pulled the trigger early? Because, again, I am not that much of a fan against Mitchell Trubisky. I'm not a fan of his. Not a fan of his. But having the rookie, because here's the thing. Once you put him in the game against the Jets, now, even though he had three interceptions, now, two of them I'm not going to fault him for. The last one at the end of the game I'm not going to fault him for because... He's trying to make a play when time is running out, so I'm not going to afford him for that. And then I think his first throw, his first career throw was an interception. I'm not going to blame him for that one either because the receiver just underran it, so I'm not going to fault him for that one either. But now you're having him go against this Bills defense. And then you put him in that environment in Buffalo with Bills Mafia. This game could get real dark for that rookie. Real dark for him. Buffalo is going to win this game. Let's just be real with ourselves. Buffalo will win this game. Next, we got the Chargers and the Cleveland Browns. Usually, West Coast teams do not do well coming to the East Coast. It's a known fact. Both of these teams are two and two. 
Listen, man. Nick Chubb is doing his thing this season. Justin Hurts, that's my guy. Promising future. Jadavion Clowney is questionable. Denzel Ward is questionable. Man, this game right here is a toss-up. I really don't know who I'm going to go with with this game. I honestly do not know. I am going to go. I'm going to go with the Chargers. But I would not be shocked if the Browns pulled off the win. I wouldn't be shocked, but I'm going to go with the Chargers. Bears and Vikings, division rivals. Anything can happen in division rivalry games. But I'm going with the Vikings. Vikings are 3-1, and one, so they're tied for first place with the Packers for the division lead. Justin Fields, two touchdowns, four interceptions this season. I can guarantee you he'll throw an interception this game. I guarantee you that. So I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. Patriots and Lions. You know, I'm, you, you, no, listen. The Lions is better than people. The Lions are doing a lot better than what people thought. The problem with the Lions is they don't know how to finish games. They start off slow and then they come back later. So they don't know how to start these games. If it was any game for them to pull off, this is the game right here. Because the Patriots don't have a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. If you stop the running game, then you should have the game. I'm going with the Detroit Lions to go to Foxborough to pull the win against Coach Belichick, making him 1-4. and four. To start this season. Yes, I'm going with the Detroit Lions. Next, we got the Seahawks and the Saints. Listen, the Saints. Uh, Geno Smith, six touchdowns, two interceptions. But it's something about them Saints when they play in that dome. There's something about them Saints when they play in that dome. Regardless of their record being one and three. But then again, Jameis is their quarterback. Like, yo, what in the foheezy, man? Like, damn, I don't know. Kamara is questionable. Michael Thomas is questionable. Jameis Winston is questionable. Jarvis Landry is questionable. Like, man, listen. Mm. I'm not going to lie. I'm very impressed with Geno. I'm very impressed with Geno Smith. So, ah, oh, man. And Rashard Penny, if he has any duplication for what he did against Detroit, Against this Saint defense, the the Saints will definitely lose this game. 
Yeah, I really don't know how I'm going to pick this game. I really don't know. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Seahawks do not disappoint me. Do not disappoint me. Because I honestly think this is the second time that I've picked y'all this season. And the last time I picked y'all, y'all lost. So do not let me down this week. And uh, DK Metcalf. D DK Metcalf. Shout out to you, man. I got, I, 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 well, in fact, I'll shout you out at the end of the episode. Not right now. But, yeah, I, I, you're my shout out. But there's a reason on why I'm going to shout you out. You know what I mean? Dolphins and Jets. Listen, the Jets have impressed me this season. They definitely have. Obviously, two is out, so we ain't even got a trip off of that. Zach Wilson is back. He did all right against Pittsburgh. Division rivals, you can't go wrong. Ah, oh, man. Listen, I'm going to go with Gang Green for this one. I'm going to go with the Jets. I'm going to I'm going to go with the Jets. I'm going to go with the Jets to get the win against the Dolphins this week. I truly am. I'm liking what I'm seeing from this Jets team. I truly am. Falcons and Buccaneers. I'm going with the Bucks obviously. There are some teams that Tom Brady just doesn't lose to. And I think the Falcons is one of those teams. I think he's never lost to them. I know he's never lost to the Cowboys. I think he's never lost to the Falcons either, if I'm not mistaken. And then on top of that, I think they snapped this losing streak. And then the key for the Falcons is Cordell Patterson. And being that he's out due to an injury, I really don't see Atlanta getting this win because who do you trust? Mariota to get the win for you? No, nah, I don't think so. I think the Bucs right the wrong from losing their last two games at home. Well, in fact, if you want to go back to last year, they're currently on a three-game home losing streak. I think they snapped that this weekend and they get the win against the Falcons. But I will tell you this. Goatman, you've been in the news a lot this week. Unfortunately, it's being reported that you and your lovely wife are on the verge of divorcing. You have hired divorce lawyers. You better take all that energy and put it into this game. I hope that you get 300 passing yards this this game. You need to whoop the Falcons' ass. You need to take your anger out on them. Because at the end of the day, honestly, I don't think you should. Listen, all of this would have been resolved had you not played. I'm going to keep saying it. I said it when the season first started. In fact, I said it when he announced his retirement. I was comfortable with him retiring. I was content with him retiring to the point 
that I did a thank you Tom Brady episode. I was content with him being retired. So the fact that he came back made me very upset. It made me disappointed. Because at the end of the day, there's nothing left to prove. All that's left is for you to be home with your wife and your kids. There's nothing left to prove. And now because of that, you have chose pigskin over pussy. You have chose pigskin over Putang. You should have been home with your wife, Tom. But at the end of the day, you're on the field. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. Nobody. They don't care about your personal problems off the field. They are not going to feel sorry for you. So for that, you got to take your anger and whoop some ass. And I hope that you do it this weekend because it's tailor-made. We already know how you give it up when you play Orlando, when you play Atlanta. So this is the perfect weekend to whoop some ass. So I got the Bucks beating the Falcons. Next, we got the Titans and the Commanders. I'm going with the Titans. This Commanders team is just straight shit. Texans and Jaguars. I'm going to go with the Jaguars. The Jaguars is a lot better than what people expected. Doug Peterson really got those boys playing over there. And Duval. Next, we got the 49ers and the Panthers. Listen, man, Baker Mayfield, not looking good. You looking real shaky, which I enjoy, by the way, because it was so much hype revolved around this dude. So I'm actually enjoying watching him struggle. You know what I'm saying? And then it's going to get even worse because look who he's playing. That Niners defense, they're going to whoop his ass this game. They gonna whoop his ass this game. So, you know, let's see what happens. But, yeah, I got the Niners getting the win in Charlotte against the Carolina Panthers. This game, game of the week, Cowboys and Rams. Listen, man. I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Cowboys. Yes. The world is going to end. Hell's freezing over. I'm giving the Cowboys some props. I said earlier, Cooper, Cooper Rush has not made any mistakes. He hasn't been turning the ball over. None of that. But that running game has been non-existent for the Cowboys. And they better get it together. But it won't be easy against this Rams defense. But that Cowboys defense has been... Wonderful. And again, Matthew Stafford has been turning the ball over like crazy. I expect him to throw one interception this game. But I will say this. This game is in L.A. so far, right? I guarantee you that crowd be pro-Cowboy. It will be more. Listen, I honestly think that when two teams plays in so far against the Rams, I think the crowd, as far as the fanfare, shifts to the away team. I think it's the 49ers, and I think it's the Cowboys. So even though the Cowboys is playing at SoFi this weekend, this is like a going-away home game for them. Because I know it's a lot of Cowboy fans out there in Cali, especially in L.A. 
So with that being said, I mean, I don't know if I would call this an upset, but I'm going with the Cowboys to beat the Rams. Because again, I'm not liking what I'm seeing from this Rams team. I don't. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys to get the dub. Eagles and Cardinals. Two quarterbacks that love the run. I'm going to go with the Eagles. I think the Eagles start the season 5-0. Which would be very impressive if the Cowboys can win their game against the Rams. What a game that would be with a 5-0 team and a 4-1 team. Sunday night football, we got the Bengals and the Ravens. This is a home game for the Ravens. I just said earlier, their last two home games, they blew leads and lost. Sunday night football, Ravens and Bengals. I say the Ravens get the win on Sunday night football. I say the Ravens get the win. Then we get to Monday Night Football. We got the Raiders and the Chiefs. I am going with the Kansas City Chiefs. So those are my picks for week five. I got the Broncos, Packers, Bills, Chargers, Vikings, Lions, Seahawks, Jets, Bucks, Titans, Jaguars, Niners, Cowboys, Chiefs, Ravens, and Kansas City Chiefs. Those are my picks for week five. And with that being said, it is a wrap for this episode. But before I go, I have to give my shout out. And my shout out will be to Seattle Seahawks wide receiver DK Metcalf. My man did something very creative. Very creative. I wouldn't even have thought of this. My man had to get carted off the field to go to the locker room. But no, it was not because of an injury. It was because he had to go to the bathroom. Now, I'm paraphrasing. Clenching your ass cheeks just wasn't going to cut it. Basically, in a nutshell, and again, I can contest to this because I've had this problem a few times where you've had to rush to go to the bathroom. You've had to go to the bathroom crazy. So you got to tighten your butt cheeks so the shit don't come out. Or you would have to walk real, real slow. Listen, that ain't a cute feeling. Not a cute feeling. So the fact that he said, you know what? I'm going to get carded to the good of the bathroom was very creative, very creative. So my man, not only do you get a shout out, but you definitely get an A plus from me. So DK Metcalf, Metcalf, shout out to you for that. So again, it's a wrap for this episode. I want to thank everybody for their support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. 
Y'all can find me on all, well, not all, but y'all can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Download the Anchor app. Your boy is on there as well. Podbean. You can check me out on my social media pages. Facebook, Dre Day. Instagram, Dre Day 1985. The link is in the bio. Or Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. The link is in the bio. Uh, Twitter, Dre Day 1985. So once again, man, thank y'all for y'all support. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. In closing, y'all know how this goes. This has been another episode of Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. To everybody out there, stay safe. Be safe. We're in the month of horror. Because it's Halloween. So, everybody out there, stay safe. Be safe. The streets are already wicked. And now that it's October, the month of horror, it might even get worse. So, just everybody out there, stay safe. Be safe. God bless. Peace and love. Your boy is out of here. Peace. What up, what up, what up? It's your man, Dre Day. And I have a PSA announcement for y'all. Did y'all know that only 38% of African Americans were able to identify financial terms on the PFN index, an annual financial survey? Why is that? Because we're never given the tools to succeed in the financial sector. Will with American Classic Agency has been designing financial maps for his clients to succeed for over a decade for clients on both coasts. With Will, you will be able to create a game plan to get out of debt and create the wealth that you and your family deserve. If you're interested, please contact Will at willspady at gmail.com. That's W-I-L-L-S-P-A-D-Y at gmail.com. Or call him at 443-810-0384.